Always, always a lot to learn about prayer. We've only scratched the surface on prayer. So uh, I know if I know, I'm sure you feel like I do. I feel like I don't know near enough about prayer that I really, I really need the Holy Ghost to help me to pray more effectively in 2016. In fact, I made uh, prayer my word of the year. That's when I ask the Lord, what's my word of the year? The What's the word of the year? A lot of people do that that aren't even Christian. You know, they say the word of the year is, you know, there's a color of the year. There's a word of the year. Well, the word of the year for me this year is prayer. And I've asked the Lord to help me to be more effective in prayer, to teach me things about prayer that I that I haven't known, uh, to call on me to pray the things that he needs to uh, prayed for. Help me to be a better pray prayer in general. Hallelujah. I told you that I had uh, felt like I was about two steps behind of the whole year of 2015 where prayer was concerned. I'm, that is not going to be the way it is in 2016 for me. And I've already been spending time in uh, since after Christmas, just try, just, just getting out ahead in prayer. Hallelujah! I want us to turn to James chapter five tonight. And turn five thirteen. Hallelujah! I love prayer. I love to pray. And um, if if we don't love to pray, then we're not. We hadn't seen it like it really is. We haven't. Um, we just need more revelation on prayer. If we if we don't love to pray, if we don't enjoy prayer, if some if prayer is not something that is um, uh, exciting to us, Hallelujah! So let's believe God to for God to help us uh, to make it prayer more exciting this year in every uh, area. Uh, we need to cooperate with each other in prayer. So many times we just don't. One reason we don't have the effect we need is we don't cooperate with each other in prayer when we are together in prayer. Uh, you know, you have to, one of the things God's calling us to as a church is to forget about ourselves in this church. And so many times we, we, we've got to lay aside, we're more mature than this, that we don't have to be seen. We don't care who gives the credit. We don't have, we don't have to have, it's not our will, but his will be done. We might decrease that he might increase. The Lord even told me, and I'll touch on this. Maybe we'll just talk about it later. He said for us to quit giving our testimonies and say, I prayed for so-and-so, and they, and this happened this week. He said, you start testifying about what I've done and say, Jesus healed so-and-so. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter who prayed for him. Jesus healed somebody today. We'll know you prayed if you are given the testimony. And so that's what he told me, and I know we're going to have to get used to that. So we're not going to put anybody under condemnation, including myself, if I slip up and say, well, I prayed for so-and-so, and they got healed. But hallelujah, it's Jesus. It's not our prayers. It's not us. It's Jesus. And we got to lift up Jesus more than in this church than we ever have this year in and you know our songs need to be about jesus our uh, you know it it our 
our message. We got to get Jesus in every service big. Hallelujah. If we have to stop in the middle of the service and say, you know, I know I'm supposed to be preaching on this, but let's glorify Jesus right now. Let's bring, this is his word. This is him. Let's, you know, let's just call all the attention to Jesus this year as much as possible. I love Jesus and I know you do and I want him to be glorified. Hallelujah. Okay. In James chapter 5. So we have glorified him. We have praised him tonight. Thank you, Lord. It says, Is any among you afflicted? And that uh, we always learned this that was going, that afflicted mean, meant going through a test or a trial. If you ever sit under, Brother Hagen always taught prayer in the morning meetings, and he always said, I'm teaching by precept and example this morning. And he would teach for a while from the Word of God, and then we would all pray, and he would pray. And uh, so a lot of things that I learned about prayer, I learned by, from Brother Hagen. And so, uh, and it has served me well. You know, we need a strong and good foundation in our lives. A lot of people have sparse foundations. People that are not consistent in church. You know, a lot of Sundays and Wednesdays, something comes forth that is just so necessary for a foundation. And there's people that miss it. They never get it. And they don't have a, they don't have a complete foundation or they have their concretes thin on their foundation, you know. Because when you put a foundation down, they get in there and tamp that stuff down. And, you know, they, it, and even then, it, things can crumble. Have you ever had concrete to crumble on you? Um, and so, um, you and when it does, when you're concerning the spiritual things, you got to keep putting up, putting the foundation back where it crumbles. And and you know sometimes we're building with the wrong materials because really this is the only truth. It doesn't matter who wrote it in a book or who said what. This is this is the truth. And unless, it, unless it's based on this, it's not the truth. It's just a man's thought, a man's idea. And, uh, you know, we can't base anything. Hallelujah. So these, this is the foundation. In laying a foundation in, the, in all the Word of God, I believe that uh, in here we have a good foundation, but we can always shore up some spots. Hallelujah. So is any among you afflicted going through a test or a trial? Hallelujah. Let him pray. How, isn't that good? Let him pray. And then he says, is any merry? Let him sing psalms. You know, nobody can sing for you. Nobody can be merry for you. So nobody can do all your praying for you. We can certainly help each other. We can pray for each other, with each other, and help each other. But bottom line, a lot of people just want to get on the prayer chain and call somebody else to pray. And I tell you, one thing, you know, aggravates me and pastor, if y'all want to aggravate us, I'm going to give you your key right now, is, uh, is c come ask somebody, us to pray for something we pretty much know you hadn't prayed a lick about. You know, you pray first, and then if you still think you need help getting it across, then then get somebody else to pray. But most of the time, you'll find... Maybe not, especially when praying for things, you know, out there. You can get this done yourself. 
You can get you. Your prayers are powerful. We're going to study that tonight. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a, a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Hallelujah. So, amen. We're going to talk a lot about Elijah tonight. Uh, Elijah is the example given to us of a righteous man praying. Amen. Though God went back in the Old Testament and gave us the example of Elijah as the example of a righteous man praying. Um, so my title of this message tonight is Who Can Pray? A man who is a righteous man, a woman who is a righteous man, I'm going to talk about men and women, can pray the prayer of faith the righteous man can pray the prayer of faith. Now, we're talking about the prayer of faith here. He talked about in verse 15, the prayer of faith. Now, we know that there is all kinds of prayer. We've studied that before from Ephesians. The prayer of faith is only one kind of prayer, except that every other kind of prayer that we pray must also be prayed in, prayed in, prayed in faith. It's not going to be effective if we're not in faith about what we're praying. If we're not in faith about what we're praying, we either don't know if it's the will of God or we, uh, we're we just hoping God will do something. Sometimes we can be trying to make God do something. Sometimes we're just coming with something we desire, but we've never even figured out whether that's what God wants for us or not. But it has to be prayed in faith, and that could explain why there's a lots of praying going on and not lots of results going on. Most people don't know even if you said what are the kinds of prayer, most people couldn't name them. If you can't, we'll get your uh, get a Brother Hagen book or get there's a lot of people that, you know, have taught on that now. And so um, we need to know the kinds of prayer. We need should know what each kind of how each kind of prayer operates. And, you know, you might not be able, some people say there's nine kinds, there's seven kinds, there's 12 kinds. That doesn't really matter. But you should have a good working knowledge of prayer. And I believe you do. Uh, but it has to be prayed in faith to be effective. So I always say, I made this decision a long time ago uh, to never pray a prayer that I didn't know for sure God would, could answer. So that'll make you do some prayer. Pray, that'll make you word your prayer different. That'll make you have to do some research to see if can God answer this prayer. And uh, sometimes it's challenging, isn't it? Uh, verse 15 where it says he prayed the prayer of faith will save the sick. That word save is sozo in the Greek and it means deliverance. So it's not just when you get saved, you're not just uh, getting healed there. Deliverance, preservation, soundness of mind, healing, Material deliverance, protection, do well, and make whole. We can pray the prayer of faith. A righteous man can pray the prayer of faith and obtain these things, not only for ourselves, but we can pray it for someone else. 
We can pray the prayer of faith for someone else and we can obtain these things. Hallelujah. Now, when I say you ought to be praying prayers for yourself and for you come and get prayer, I'm not talking about a baby Christian here. I'm talking to this room, to this level of maturity of a believer. Hallelujah. And so uh, <clears throat> then going on to verse 17, it says, Elijah was a man subject to like passion as we are. So what the he's, James is trying to tell us is that Elijah was not any special kind of the deity man, any kind of special anointed man, different than all other men, a prophet he was, but he was an ordinary man, just like us. The Living Bible says he was completely human. The Knox translation says he was only a mortal man. See The CP, which is cotton patch, <laughs> uh, says he was a human being. And he had like passions, just like we do. He had the affections, the emotions, the desires, the feelings. He had good feelings, bad feelings. He wasn't just walking around in some cloud of some kind of, uh, you know, euphoria of God in the spirit all the time. But he had the same affections, emotions, passions, desires that we did. And yet Elijah stopped it from raining for three and a half years. And he prayed again after three and a half years and it rained. Amen. That's pretty encouraging if you think what that means. When it says he was just like us, a human being, that means if, if, we were, if we're supposed to and if we need to, we can stop it from raining for three and a half years. Let's go over to 1 Kings chapter 18. Hallelujah. Now, when we come to praying, we have to stick with the Word, don't we? Are you all agreeing with that? Do we have to stick with the Word of God? Hallelujah. Chapter 1 Kings 18:36 and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, "Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word." So he did not just decide, I don't think I would, I'd think I'd like it not to rain for three and a half years. But he did these things at thy word. Hallelujah. We need to be uh, led by the Spirit of God and hear God's voice concerning things that would be on this order. On this order, things that alter the whole earth affect more lives than just our life. Hallelujah. We know we don't have to go to the Word and consult God to stop a tornado because anything that's come to kill, steal, and destroy, we are, we are to stop that. Hallelujah. But this was, a, this was a serious word. This would be akin to, uh, I mean, this could be, this was for us to say, well, I just pray that it's not going to rain in California for three and a half years. You know, that I think somebody <laughs> tried to pray that prayer. So no, now it broke this week and now they're about to drown out there. You know, it's running in the roads this deep and shutting down lanes of traffic and everything. Anyway, but we have to know God said when it comes to praying words that, that affect all of humanity and all of nations. And, uh, and uh, God told him to do it. And so he went and he did it. And First uh, um, Kings eighteen thirty six. Well, I already read thirty six, but start thirty seven. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that Thou art the Lord God, and that Thou hast turned their heart 
back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God, the Lord, he is the God. And, um, so we see that Elijah also called down fire from heaven, but he said in verse 36, I did it at thy word. Hallelujah. Uh, in First Kings 17, verse 2, Elijah supernaturally fed a widow woman in the time of famine. And 1 Kings 17, verse 2 says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is, before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I shall c command the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. And he went, then he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith. And we know that it drove up. And then eight, verse 8, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. And he had commanded her to give her, to give him, but then he really ended up sustaining her. <laughs> Hallelujah. She gave him her first fruit and first fruits and then and then he sustained her. So we have to pray according to the will of God. First John five fourteen. Sometimes we need to just get in our Bible and found out what the will of God is. Hallelujah. And sometimes we just don't even know what to pray even after we've been in the Word of God. And we know that is covered in, for you know not how to pray as you ought in uh, Romans chapter 8. First John five fourteen says, Hallelujah. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. I tell you what, we ought to be the most confident people on the face of the earth, and for sure all of us the most confident people in Tuscaloosa County concerning our prayers getting answered because if we pray according to the will of God he hears us he answers us this is this is this is bible if this trip isn't true if this is not true then john 3:16 is not true and we're all in trouble this right here is just as true that if you confess with your mouth uh, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, ye shall be saved. This is just that true. That if we pray anything according to the will of God, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know we have the petitions that, that we desired of him. We should not ever doubt again as long as we know we're praying according to the will of God. Now, sometimes we have to pray, God, what's your will on this? Because I'm not sure. But sometimes, and sometimes we just launch out praying and we, we start with a wrong basis. We start praying God would bless our vacation before God, we ever ask God, should we take one? We start, should we, and where should we go on our vacation? And we start asking God to bless it and we start asking and then, and you know, hallelujah. We don't start off with the right foundation sometimes. So, you know, it's like I heard Andrew Womack tell this, that there was a young man that uh, 
came to the Bible college that he has. And he said, the young man, I don't know, I think he, uh, I don't know, he he, he he went to the Lord. He graduated from high school and he went to the Lord and he said, Lord, should I go to Bible school somewhere in Oklahoma? Or should I go to Bible school somewhere down in South Texas? And so the Lord said, go to Oklahoma. And it wasn't like the University of Oklahoma. It was somewhere else. And so then he went for like one semester and Andrew Womack came to town and he heard Andrew Womack speaking, and he said, I'm supposed to, and he heard Andrew talk about uh, Karis Bible College. And he said, I'm supposed to go to, he just knew, he just, God showed him, you're supposed to go to Karis Bible College. But here he had, he had done student loan, he had done all this stuff, and he'd gone on, and he said, Lord, why did you tell me to go to Oklahoma if then if you were going to tell me to go to Karis Bible College? He said, you only gave me two choices, and that was the better of the two choices. So sometimes we just start off on the wrong foundation. We just don't ask the right question to the Lord. You know, we've just kind of, you know, there's so many people that already got their mind made up. They already got their mind made up. Man, they make a pretense of asking, but they don't really mean, God, you could tell me I don't need to do this because I am going to do what I want to do because I've already figured out this is what I want to do and I don't want to hear anything else. You would be surprised how that is. And that's that way with doctrine too. You know there's people all over town that every one of us could stand up here with a different version of the Bible. We could all read it to them. We could testify of it and we could actually perform the doing of it and they would say yeah but I still, they've made up their minds and they are not going to change. Yeah. It's all over town. It's all. It's everywhere. And we need to be sure we're not making up our mind to something and not being teachable and not being willing to change because this is the final authority. Hallelujah. And if we're going to be effective prayers, we're going to have to pray according to the will of God. And we're going to have to pray with God's methods of prayer. And we're going to have to pray with God's rules of prayer because he has rules to every method of prayer and uh, we're going to have to know those and you know it's once you know it it's a flow but you know changing an old way of thinking and changing an old doctrine gets us all nervous and upset and we get flustered and we're I remember I remember the when I always tell y'all this when Pastor Buzzy came the first time and I go I'm gonna have changed everything about the way I think and the way I pray I was not thrilled about it but then it became second nature. And you know, when Pastor Buzzy came, we were all like, I don't know if anybody remembers 65th Street. That's when he first came. Was he? We were on 65th Street. And we were like, uh, I mean, we were just, it was, it, it was good and he was funny. And so if he hadn't been funny, we might not have ever had him back but he was so funny and he was good and he spoke as one having authority but um, it was frightfully different than how we'd always believed and what we'd been taught and uh, but now I've noticed that everybody on earth is nearly preaching that very same message of who you are in Christ I mean uh, pa brother Paul at uh, the New Year's Eve service at double portion was talking about uh, I'm crucified with Christ, and nevertheless I live. And I'm like, man, if you know it, everybody on earth knows it, I figure. <laughs> because, I mean, he's not a preacher or anything. He's an electrician. And, uh, and I'm like, I, I figure that the word, that word has gotten out. 
just like Pastor Buzzy hoped and wanted and prayed and believed for. Hallelujah. So anytime somebody starts messing with our what we believe, we get all nervous, we get all upset, and we don't want to change because we've we've built our house on a foundation and somebody just jerked it out from underneath us. And we don't much like that, do we? Um, hallelujah. So we pray according to his will. Also in First Kings 17, 17, we see that... Uh, he Elijah raised the widow woman's son from the dead. He raised her from, you know, that's the widow woman. I think we call her uh, the Shunammite woman. She's the widow woman that he went and stayed with in her, the prophets. He, she put a prophet's room on her house and he went and stayed there. And he, uh, only after she took care of him for I don't know how long, maybe several years, he said, well, Ask her what she wants. He told his servant, ask her what she wants. And she wanted a son. And so she had this son. And then one day out in the find out, because she came up to the prophet compound, I guess. And he saw her coming. He saw her from afar. And he sent the, pro the assistant out to find out what she needed. And he, her son, well, actually said all is well. But uh, her son had died. But anyway, and uh, this praying the prayers of a righteous man. Uh, he was not superhuman. Hallelujah. Um, the, the, I can't think what version this is. The SC version says, I, I can't remember. Somebody might know. But anyway, it says, remember Elijah? He was just an ordinary dude like one of us. <laughs> so Elijah was a dude. <laughs> I'm towing over to Mark 11:23. He was just ordinary like one of us, and he raised the dead, and he, praise God, he multiplied food. Amen. He caused it to rain. He caused it to stop raining. Hallelujah. He called down fire from heaven. Elijah didn't do anything we couldn't do. Mark eleven twenty three makes that pretty clear. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that these things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So, uh, hallelujah. We have to believe. It's the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is that you believe you believe that it's the will of God. You believe in God's power and ability to do that, which that's most people believe that, but they don't know if it's God's will. And then, but you have to go past believing it's God's within God's power. You have to go to believing it's God's will. And then you have to go to believing that, that God will answer your prayer, that God will, God will, um, uh, he will do what you say in Mark eleven twenty. Three, he said, if we say to the mountain. And so we. this is based on going back to Kings that we have God's word on it. We know this is according to his word. We can speak to that mountain and it has to remove itself. It has to obey. Hallelujah. So 1 Kings 18, 1 and 2. We'll go back over to 1 Kings. Elijah was bold is what we're going to 
Elijah was very bold. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah, Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. And it goes on down, and we could read all of it, but we really don't have time. But Elijah was bold. Oh, uh, obeying God, he was so bold. And obeying God is not always easy, it's not pleasant, and it's not pretty. But when the word of the Lord comes to us, we have to be bold and we have to act. Hallelujah. And you know, to here in here, I'm, let me see where the verse is, but you know, Ahab didn't like Elijah. And he said, uh, where did he say that? Uh, are you the one that troubleth Israel? Oh, he said, or he said something like, Behold, here's the one that troubleth Israel. Boy, he didn't like him. And, uh, and, uh, huh, 17. Hallelujah. And it came to pass, Ahab said to him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Boy, that's being bold, isn't it? Hallelujah. First Kings eighteen forty six. Let's read that. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. And we know that he ran and ran and ran. Hallelujah. And he was running running under the anointing. He had supernatural physical strength. It's wonderful when God comes on us with supernatural physical. The anointing is there. Boy, we can pray. We can preach. We can do anything. We can prophesy. But you know what? We have to be strong Christians after the anointing leaves. Because I guarantee you, you get out there like that, and as soon as that anointing leaves, you're going to boil. You're going to be, what did I do? What did I say? Oh, my word. You say, you know, you've got to have faith to even prophesy here. Or when you're through, you'll go, man, I didn't say anything. I was just, all my words were jumbled up. I imagine some of you that I read your prophecies tonight, and look, they're just smooth as butter. But I bet the devil whooped you and said, oh, that was the biggest jumbled up mess, and nobody even knows what you said and oh because see the devil's the same yesterday today and forever too and uh, he is and he tells everybody the same thing and i bet he just whooped your tail all afternoon for doing that and saying that there's people in this room nodding right now and agreeing that the devil did do that and we get under uh we and we begin oh boy i bet pastor and miss debbie didn't like that oh i, I know i shouldn't have done that and you know you gotta have faith if you're gonna step out there hallelujah because yeah you know you may uh, if, <laughs> hallelujah because something might come back at you like uh, ahab did to elijah the devil comes back and he says, you know, you caused a problem. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. When the anointing lifted, Elijah, uh, he had the same problems anyone else had. So we have to believe God. And we have to act on his word. You know, there's that ministry life when you feel the anointing, but your personal life. You know, uh, God can anoint a jackass. Um, okay, I should <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that. A donkey. Or like my grandmother used to say, a jazz honky. 
<laughs> that was her word for it. Anyway, but God can anoint you. It is not anything special for the anointing of God to come on you. It's what kind of Christian are you when the anointing's over? And how strong are you? And, you know, what can you do when the anointing doesn't come? What kind of prayers can you pray then? Hallelujah. So our personal life. Our personal life is where the doubts come, the thoughts come. And they came to Elijah just like to us. And Elijah is the example of the righteous man praying and getting results. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4.13. And let's establish again, even though we know it. But, you know, it's one thing to say, I know something in my head. It's another thing to read it from the Word. And we need to... We need to read these things from the Word often. 2 Corinthians 4.13 No, at home is where the rubber meets the road. Hallelujah. What do you do when when horrible feelings come and you don't feel up and you feel depressed? Maybe you don't call it depression, but you sure, you sure kind of are... Uh, under it or whatever you want to call it i don't ever say depression but man you just aren't having a happy day you're not having a good day uh, what do you do when uh, that's 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 the measure that's where well, that's where strong christians are and you have there's nobody that i can preach the word to you pastor can preach the word to you or we can get it off curry blake on the internet but when the rubber meets the road it's going to be you're going to have to be the one that plows through is any afflicted let him pray because it's when it's in the praying third john 2 it's in praying that we get our soul where our soul prospers and when our soul prospers we be in health and our uh and our finance we'll have financial our finances all line up hallelujah um first second corinthians four thirteen. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it was written, I believed, and therefore I have spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Okay, having a spirit of faith. It's one thing to have faith. It's another thing to have a spirit of faith. A spirit of faith is, that's just, that's you. It's not something you put on every once in a while and make a faith confession. A spirit of faith believes and speaks and holds fast and uh, hallelujah. And when you, everywhere you go, people get more encouraged and more in faith because you're in faith. Because it's a spirit of faith. Hallelujah. First Kings 1840. Uh, I already read that. We know that Elijah had feelings just like we do because when Jezebel started chasing him, he started running, and this time he ran running under the anointing. He was running, and he fled for his life. We know Elijah was depressed. He said he asked the Lord to take his life. Sometimes we don't go that far to say, oh, I just want to die, Lord, kill me. We, we don't say that, but we say something like, I wish the rapture would come right now. <laughs> Right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We might be under it a little. We if we if you know it's good to look forward to it and hallelujah. Hopefully it's this year. Uh but um it's another thing to just be, I want the rapture to come and I want it right now. And I know for sure some people are getting left behind. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I don't want them there. I don't want to see them in heaven. Hallelujah. 
No, I know we don't mean it when we say that, but I know we've all felt like if you're going to be there, I'm going to be in a different part. <laughs> Elijah ran uh, this time, and it was it was a different kind of running than that supernatural uh, uh, running. So when the enemy attacks, what do we do then? We have to go back to things like being righteous. We have to go back to the basics. And so, uh, you know, we begin to feel sorry for ourselves. Well, why did this happen to me? Did you know the answer? If anybody ever asks you that, or if you ask yourself, why did this happen to me? There's always the same answer, the exact same answer. It's the enemy. That's the answer of why did this happen to me? Or why did that happen to them? The enemy. And there might be some other things underneath. I know uh, we there's there's things that we need to press in and find out. But basically, it all boils down to the enemy. It's not something uh, you did, something God didn't do, or anything like that. It's the enemy. Hallelujah. <coughs> um, <coughs> for Second Corinthians five twenty one, we're there, aren't we? Okay, second twenty one. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Boy, you can go a long way to having a firm foundation if you know you're righteous. If you know you've been made righteous, then you it's going to affect. You're going to not. You're not going to want to sin. Hallelujah. It's it, it it's it's beneficial in all areas. But when we do sin, after we've been made righteous, we have 1 John 1, 9. And it's important. And this is a daily thing. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All sin, all missing the mark, is, un, is, un, is unrighteousness. Even little sins, that is unrighteousness. And unrighteousness is always wanting to get on us and make us, not, to, not that we aren't righteous, but to make us feel unrighteous. Yeah. Uh, that unrighteousness is wanting to get in our soul and make us just, just feel unworthy. God couldn't answer our prayers and to render us helpless and ineffective as Christians. But if we confess our sins, the thing is, some, so many times we confess our sin and we still don't have the feeling of righteousness. Hallelujah. So we have to learn to walk by faith and say, I've confessed my sin uh, I'm, and I confess my sin and I just put it behind me and walk, go, fall, go on, walk on. I walk on. 1 Corinthians 1.30. If we're going to pray the prayer of faith, according to James chapter 5, we're going to have to be the righteous man. And we're going to have to know that we're righteous. 1 Corinthians 1.30. We're going to pray tonight, so, you know, and we're going to pray from that standpoint that we are righteous. But of him are ye in Christ. Jesus, who of God, is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption who we are he's made unto us wisdom we don't even have to wonder can we have wisdom he was made unto us wisdom are we righteous he was made righteousness for us he was he he was he was made so we could be sanctified and set apart it was all done in the cross family we don't have to go back and try to earn stuff Hallelujah. It was 
It was done unto us, um, made unto us. Romans 4. Let's start off the year being righteous and having that assurance of righteousness. That's what I want to do. The devil's always trying to pull on us and to some way make us feel like we need to do more. We need to. And that we are not pleasing to God. That we need... Uh, that we're not meeting all the qualifications, that we're not fully righteous, that we're less than. And the truth is we're not less than, we're more than. We're not less than, we're more than. We're not even just equal. We're more than. We're more than. God, has, God gave us more than we needed to be righteous. More than we needed. We're more than. Hallelujah. Romans 4.21 and, the, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to reform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. This talking about Abraham. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Righteousness was imputed to Abraham, it is imputed to us, and it's all based on faith. We're not righteous by works, by good deeds, by serving God in the church. By uh, We're righteous. It was imputed to us, and it was all based on faith. So if we believe in Jesus, but then also believe that he made us righteous, you have to go that other step and believe. It was imputed to me. I'm righteous because he gave it to me. It's imputed. Faith is what imputes righteousness to us. Uh, we are born again and made righteous at the new birth. We can pray the prayer of faith. And our prayers are the prayers of righteous men. When you pray, a righteous man is praying. Not just a, not just some, you know. Well, I'm just an ordinary Christian. No, you are you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and your prayers, because of that, your prayers are dynamite. They have powerful results. Um, back over to James, chapter five. Let's look at that part again um, Peter doesn't ever work for James hallelujah James chapter 5 verse 16 the last part the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much and let's kind of look at that um, hallelujah they make tremendous power available that's what the amplified says dynamic in its working dynamic comes from the word dynamite or dynamo hallelujah dynamite your prayers are dynamite they have powerful results they make tremendous power available hallelujah oh hallelujah if we get a hold of this this year the whole church could get a hold of this, wouldn't it? I tell you what, we'd change this world in 30 days. It'd all be over. Hallelujah. 
if the church just there's a lot of believers out there folks there's a lot of born again people but most of them are hold, held over hung over in the new covenant i mean the old covenant excuse me they're not new this is a new covenant doctrine most most christians are still trying to get righteous trying to get holy by good works by penance by confession and we do have to all those things are we do confess we do all those things but that's not how we get righteousness it's imputed to us and uh, so our prayers are powerful they make tremendous power available i want to say tonight that the church and uh, river church but also the church needs your prayers God cannot accomplish what he wants to do in the earth without your prayers. I know sometimes we think, well, if I don't pray, somebody else will make it up for me. But that is not possible because the Bible says every joint supplies. And it's my arm cannot make up for what my leg doesn't do. And when it tries, it just turns out weird. And it also ends up messing up the arm. You, you know, you've seen pictures of people with no legs and they get down, they walk on their arms and, and their arms start getting to be misshapen and they got calluses on their arms where they shouldn't have it. And I mean, it's just not, it does not work. Every joint supplies. I can't pray your prayers for you. God told me a long time ago he would answer all my prayers, but he wouldn't pray any of them for me. And so a lot of times we're, do you ever, well, God, you're just going to do it anyway. But my church needs my prayers. My children need my prayers. My children will do without if I don't pray. In a lot of areas, they won't get what they need if I don't pray. They won't get everything they need if I don't pray. They will be, they will not be spiritually, they will not receive what they need to receive. Not that God doesn't want to give it to them, but we know that the word uh, of God teaches us that it's all based on our prayers, that it takes our prayers, us doing business with God. And we don't even have to beg and plead, but we do have to go and we have to pray. Uh, the answers for our children's problems are, are in our prayers. Hallelujah. There's things God wants to do right here in Tuscaloosa County. There's things He'll never be able to do in River Church without our prayers. When I don't pray, because the Bible says I make tremendous power available. When I don't pray, I'm withholding the power of God from the situation. That's what the Lord told me today. When I don't pray, power is not available. It's not, oh yeah, they'll get it done. No, there's a certain part of the power that will not be available without the joint supplying. Hallelujah. Every joint supplies. Let's turn, still talking about righteousness. But I tell you what, that is a powerful verse there. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth, availeth much, makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Romans 3. God's put an assignment on River Church. It's not going to take many to get done what we need to do. And you know, we're not responsible for everything in the earth. I know that's one thing that you got to grow up in prayer. If you're trying to pray around the world, then, you know... Uh, you got to go and read in Corinthians where it talks about the jurisdiction that God has given you. 
and there's assignments we have a jurisdiction we have a you know we're not responsible for kansas hallelujah we're really and truly we're not now i know, I know people don't like to hear that because it just sounds like man you ought to pray for everybody everywhere all the time you know but you can't do that and if you try to pray the whole world, you will not get done the stuff where your power can be made available and can really make a difference. Your kids can go to hell while an intercessor mother is praying all around the world. From, you know, and, and you know, I'm moved. I, you hear things on TV and you're moved. You can't give everywhere. All the orphans they show you on TV and all the, and all the ministries, you can't do it. You have to know what did God assign me to do, and uh, and some of our assignment, some of our, all of us here are assigned to pray for River Church. All of us here are assigned to pray for Pastor. All of us here are assigned to pray for uh, the children here. We we've got an assignment. Some of us have carry a bigger assignment in different areas of the church. Uh, and, but and but you're assigned to your kids, and nobody, you know what, your neighbors next door aren't assigned to them. It's a very high likelihood that they will never lift them up in prayer. Now, I, I do pray for over my neighborhood, but it's just a general sense that I pray over it. I don't ever think about what the smellies kids are doing. Hallelujah. Except when they pop firecrackers all night, I thought about it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, 1.30 on New Year's morning, they were still popping firecrackers, and they popped them for four days, I can tell you. Uh, it didn't really bother me, not really. I heard it, but I didn't bother me. Uh, Romans 3.21. But I did think about them. I thought, what are you kids doing out there that late at night? Uh, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ upon... I already read that to you. I'm sorry. Didn't I? I didn't. Even the right... Verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Righteousness is for those that believe. The faith of Jesus Christ is how we get righteousness. That's verse 22. Okay, Romans 8.33. We're winding down here. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Justifieth means, in the Greek, the act of pronouncing righteous. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? That's you. That's me. Hallelujah. I want us to make some power available right now. Specifically, we're going to make power available for our Sunday morning service. Hallelujah. I believe, don't you, that our prayers will make power available. And sometimes, you know, um, a lot of times we need to pinpoint our prayers. And I tell you, the devil, if he can't stop you from praying, he'll, he'll whip you while you're praying. And you'll be praying for the Sunday morning service. He'll say, well, now you really ought to be praying over here for Aunt so-and-so. <laughs> I mean, I know he does it. To me, I'll be praying, boy, I'll be just in there, and I'm just really cranking out something. He's like, well, you really ought to be praying for, you know, one of your kids, or you ought to be praying for this. And you, he just, he'll have you just, and then you'll, you'll get up, and you'll think, well, I didn't do much of anything. Hallelujah. So 
Tonight, we're just going to pinpoint it. Don't think about your kids. Don't think about the problems you've got at work that you really do need to pray out because you're probably the only one there making tremendous power available. There might be one more, too. But you know what I'm saying. Hallelujah. But let's don't think about that. Let's just pray. We're not going to take long. won't take long to make some power available for Sunday morning. In Jesus' name, if you want to stand up, you want to walk, you want to lay down, you can do anything, let's just pray. Oh, we lift up our Sunday morning service to you, dear Father. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord God. Oh, we just speak to it. Hallelujah. We're believing you that you show up in power and might. And Oh, hallelujah. We pray it'll be different than any other Sunday. Oh, Takabati. Oh, Shekebrata. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We pray the atmosphere will be different from the time we walk into the door. In Jesus' name. Oh, Yes.